Welcome to Bright Moon Chronicles. Hi, I'm Spence. And I'm Court. And you're listening to Bright Moon Chronicles, a commentary and analysis sheetrock podcast. Uh, I did not understand the assignment. Uh, Spence has given me a look like that was your cue, that was your turn, but hey, that is okay. We are here and uh, we're making it happen. So yeah. Making so Spence, happen. what are we doing today? Oh, today we are going to be watching uh, season one, episode three, Raz. Um, the Raz episode, and which will get a lot of kind of like three different storylines I feel like going on. One is Adora kind of figuring out what her purpose is now, I guess, but also like doing that extremely by herself. And then you have Bo and Glimmer kind of trying to get Angela in on their new person that they're bringing as a surprise and to help the rebellion. And then you have... Uh, Whatever Catra's going through, it sucks. Um, but she has quite the turnaround at the end. We get a really nice parallel between what's going on with Adora and what's going on with Catra at the end and how that's kind of setting off their arcs for the rest of the season, if not a few seasons after. So that's what's up. What are you looking forward to, Court? Oh, yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to, I think we were talking about this before starting our recording. I'm looking forward to getting into um, who Adora is set up to be at in this episode, especially. Um, yeah, totally. it's very clear what her worth and value is and uh, that that is based off She-Ra, which we'll dive into. And I... And I'm also yeah. really looking forward to getting to meet Raz, who is one of my favorite side characters. Um, yeah, this is secretly one of my favorite episodes because I just love Raz. I love how chaotic she is sure. and I love everything about her. And so I'm excited to go on that journey. But yeah, what about you? Uh, before we get to me, was this where your love for Swift Wind started or is that after when we find out Ooh. he can talk? <laughs> my, my, I think my love for Swift Wind comes much later once we get into more of his personality. So definitely once once he's talking okay. and moving and jiving. Right on. <laughs> I just had to know because I know Swift Wind's one of your faves. He's got a soft spot in my heart for sure. Um, yes, indeed. Uh, so things I'm looking forward to are pretty much the same as you, Court. I just. Uh, yeah, I feel like I really got way more into Dora's storyline this go-round. Um, I've watched a lot of the episodes a lot, but I have not watched a lot of season one um, a ton since I first watched this series. And um, at the time, I was not Adora's number one fan. Um, so watching it this time to just kind of really like get into what's going on for her and a lot we don't get a lot of Adora's emotions throughout the series in general I mean we we just don't get to see her process much and I think this kind of sets us up for why that is and why she just keeps moving because that's what she's trying to do she's a soldier and um I don't know I find it really really terribly sad so I'm gonna try not to be super depressing while we watch this episode <laughs> But I am looking forward to talking about it because I think it's uh, fascinating and uh, just another way that 
the Noel and the rest of the team were able to kind of break apart like the usual hero tropes that we see in a lot of superhero shows. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm really excited to, uh, to get your spin and your take on this episode. Cause I think first glance, first watch through this episode is very like fun and quirky and like chaotic and all over the place. Um, so yeah, I yeah. think our listeners are gonna, they're gonna need to hear it. So Totally. And I like not to like take out of the fun stuff because Adora is by name adorable and so fun to watch and funny. Um, but there's there's just so much going on underneath the surface beyond that. And I feel like a lot of the times, which it's a kid show, so you can take it at face value. And that's what you would do as you were a kid. But I feel like the older the get older you get the more it's like, wow, there's so much more going on beneath the surface. And you can just go, oh, like, Adora's our hero. This is what she's supposed to do and be fine. But she's so much more than just, like, a commodity. And um, I think we get, like, to see a little behind that curtain if you, like, look for totally. it. Totally. Cool. Yeah. All right, we're ready I to start this episode. I think we are ready to start this episode. Let's do it. As always, listeners, you can watch along with us. If you would like, we're going to start at um, zero seconds. Um, zero minutes, zero seconds. So uh, there's 24 minutes and six seconds left in the episode. And we'll pause along the way and let you know when we pause to kind of delve deeper into a scene or something that the characters are saying. But um, yeah, and we'll let you know where we pause, when to start back up again, and all that kind of good stuff. All right, we're going to play the episode in three, two, one, play. There we go. Netflix logo again. Always, always the best part. It's getting through just the intros in the beginning. Always the best part. Just the intros, and you get two Netflixes when you start nice. from zero seconds. And, <laughs> and a DreamWorks. Gotta, yeah, gotta have that branding. Yeah. Always have that marketing. <laughs> totally. So we start the episode with... Bo Glimmer and Adora and Glimmer's on riding the horse and they're seeing Brightman for the first time. Glimmer looks super yeah, unwell. She has run out of magic. She is drained from their battle at Faymore uh, against the Horde. And she's already totally. not looking forward to having to deal with her mom. Uh, mm-hmm. Before this, she was grounded. She was <laughs> not supposed to be anywhere but in her room. Right. Instead went off into Whispering Woods. And apparently into a battle as well. Right. Yes. And I feel like Adora could never have imagined Bright Moon in her wildest dreams. Like, how cool it looks, the water, everything. <laughs> like, there's none of that no. in the front yeah, it's, zone. It's much brighter. So. It's much happier. It's a lot comfier. Uh, clearly, like, Glimmer's bedroom that they just got into was filled with pillows right. and, like, cushions and it's just a totally like better warmer comfier place than what the horde appears to be so <laughs> yeah and they had to scale but they she didn't get to go in the front way she had to scale the side of the building because they might not be very happy to see a horde soldier and the title sequence just ended the nice little boppy song and we're back looking at bright uh, moon and yeah glimmer Glimmer is confronting her mom. Angela is, yes. All of Brightman has been worried sick. 
like the guilt that was like the whole kingdom has been in shambles like of course of course they would be right like the queen's daughter yeah has gone missing and none of the guards no one knows where she is like at that point everyone's jobs are right skin jealous freaking out like yeah of course they're worried sick they're totally about so many things yeah right and Angela flew her off to get recharged, and she's good now. I love the uh, animation of putting the sparkle back in Glimmer's eye that happens when she Yeah, I noticed that, again. too, and thinking, like, yeah, she's got her Glimmer back. Um, I thought that was a nice touch, for sure. Yes. Definitely. She's currently rambling um, about what they found out in the, in the woods, and it's going to be a surprise. And I think how like how frustrating it must be to have a daughter that can just teleport away. Oh yeah, and we never moment. see Angela okay. teleport either, so it's not like she can do the same. I she can fly. I'm sure she can get there pretty fast, but you have to guess where she's gonna show For up sure. at. <laughs> and I know we're gonna get into this too, but uh, Glimmer kind of setting that up as like this is gonna be a surprise um, is gonna start to start that domino of what is happening for. For Adora and her value and worth. But in the meantime, Bo is talking up Adora, uh, telling her, you know, like, people have already lost somebody in the war, uh, but, you know, they're going to get a chance to get to know you, so they'll like you in time. But right now, we got to keep you. Right. Keep you secret. Right. And Adora looks pretty, like, sad and naturally, but... She has a lot to, like, put on you and be like, everyone's going to hate you when you show up. So we have to figure a way to do that. And as Glimmer puts it, she says, you know, my mom is going to love She-Ra. She's not going to be so excited about the Horde Soldier, but she is going to love She-Ra. Um, so we know where this is headed. And yep. Yeah. Adora does not look very convinced that she can just, like, be She-Ra at any time. Um, she looks super distressed. And Glimmer and Bo are about to just, like... Yeah dip and there they go and i'm gonna pause right here at 19 minutes and 43 seconds left in the episode uh because that's like so much to unpack from the angela and glimmer scene and um the what we just watched between Bo and adora and Bo glimmer and adora um goodness like where do you where do you even start <laughs> With all of that, like you can definitely see on Adora's face how distressed she is about her current situation. And I know, like, Bo and Glimmer say is to just kind of be like positive for the most part about what's coming up. And Glimmer's so war minded that I don't think she can even see it totally right now, which is this is so great. You're going to come here and, and we're going to have this total upper hand on the horde now. Uh, but, but Adora just defected from what she's known her whole entire life. She just, you know, left her best friend behind or however Adora sees that in her mind, uh, which is probably like, Catra chose not to come with me. So I already have this rift with the one relationship that meant probably like the most to her. Um, and not just with these two new people that's, that seem very kind and whatnot, but it's all based around her ability to be the savior of the universe yes yeah so god yeah so she's definitely like as you said like she's left the horde she's left everything that she's known she's in something new and being measured on whether and it like her acceptance even is like based on whether or not she can even like transform into she-ra so there's a lot going on like 
she gets like what she's here for and mm-hmm. what she's supposed to do. Like, I think she understands like, okay, like I came to bright moon to the rebellion because I recognize that the horde is not so great. Uh, they're not doing really good things here. Um, and I want to be on the like right side, quote unquote. Um, right. But yeah, she, but at the same time, as you said, like she does not have a chance to like sit and think about, okay, like who are these people? And like, and this is going to be a theme throughout the entire show that her entire worth is based on whether or not she can be Shira. And even right now she's struggling. Right. Like we'll see once we get there, we haven't quite seen it yet. Um, but she told Glimmer, you know, like I'm still figuring this out. I'm not so sure that I have like can control Shira yet. Like, I don't know what this is. And Glimmer's like, what do you mean? Like, it's so simple. Like you just say the magic words and like think Shira thoughts and like, boom, bam, like you're Shira. Like that's it. That's all you have to do. Right. It's that easy. Right. like magic's not hard. Right. Yeah. And so she's going to struggle with that for a bit. And uh, which like ultimately like will determine whether or not she'll be accepted into Bright Moon. And we'll see like she'll she'll be rejected. She'll uh, be outed as a horrid soldier. And until she can become She-Ra, she can't just like walk freely through the kingdom. Right. Yeah. No, that's not going to be something that she's able to do at all. Would just like walk (laughs) freely around. And like... And it's obviously a problem. Bo's already talked a little bit about like, and eh, like think you know torches and pick pitchforks when they see you, or uh, like we're gonna have to ease my mom into the horde stuff from Glimmer, but she's gonna love Shira. She starts off saying, "Don't worry, she's she's gonna love you," and then all of her language transfers over to Shira rather than Adora, which I mean, notably, that's all they really know about Adora, other than she really likes food yeah. and horses. Um, she's never been to a party. There's obviously like things lacking in her knowledge of stuff, but they don't know a ton about her. Her her biggest quantity is that she's Shira, but it doesn't make this any less. It's got to be lonely for Adora, and now she actually is alone because they just poofed away to buy her time. But now she's just left alone to try and figure this out by herself, and really like her only, you know, merge with magic before this was Shadow Weaver, and it wasn't like Shadow Weaver was teaching her magic before this. No rather than using it against everybody. So, you know, I just feel like it has to be, like, so yes. much. And, uh, and like, gathering that, like, I, like, I don't know about Adora, but I know, like, in my mind, I'd be thinking, you know, we both just thought each each other were, like, monsters and bad people as that's still, like, who, just, like, who I'm going to be all the time. And I definitely think we see this play out in the next episode as well with, uh, going to Plumeria. Um, but so much of the rebellion coming together is because of She-Ra. There's just no, like, the way Adora's storyline plays out, there's no wonder she has such a self, like, this is just who I'm meant to be, and I'm just meant to, like, yeah. sacrifice myself. That's what she's doing. Right now, she's just sacrificing her feelings and things, but, I mean, that's how it starts. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, lot. it's a lot. I can't, I can't imagine like the pressure that she is experiencing and all that too. And I think it's, so I caught on, like when you mentioned, like they really don't know a whole lot about Adora. And I was thinking back when in, mm-hmm. I think sword part one, probably more sword part two, when she meets uh glimmer and Bo, but Bo like really makes an effort to get to know Adora. Um, and we see this later on when they kidnap right. Katra and uh, whatever episode that is. Um, but he does kind of make some effort to get to know Adora and say like, oh, like, 
this is who we are. Like, who are you? Like, da 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 da. But we never see that with Adora and Glimmer. So I think also in these first few episodes, um, I think Bo and Adora start to kind of like form that Mm. friendship based outside of She-Ra. And I do think, I don't know, I think we disagree on this sometimes, but I do think that Bo uh, sees Adora for Adora and not just She-Ra. Sometimes, yes. Okay. I agree. (laughs) I feel like I have big, big things that we'll get to that are like, uh, he kind of leans more to on the Shirith stuff of it, and that comes to a lot of like the big moments where she might have to sure. sacrifice herself. And at that point, it's like that. I mean, we can get to the whole like season five. Why is nobody asked Adora, "Hey, why are we just doing what Shadow Weaver wants?" And you're just going to sacrifice yourself until Catcher says something. True. Okay, so we'll great point. Time. Great point. I <laughs> yes, yes, you are right. You're correct. <laughs> But in these current <laughs> moments, I do think that Bo does see Adora for a little bit more of who she is. Um, totally. But yeah, otherwise, I agree. She's totally alone. She's stuck in this continued, like, she does not have that time to process what is going on. Who am I? Like, what is my role in this? And or has just adopted, as like you right. touched on, like, I I understand the assignment. I am She-Ra. I show up and like, I do She-Ra. Like, th- like I am a cadet. I'm a soldier. This is what I like. This is my command, right? And this is what I am to do. Yeah, yeah. I think she comes more to like a a solidified, like resolute of that by the end of the episode. But right now, it's uh, I just feel like she has to be like feeling so many things and being forced to be this yes. new person now. It's like I haven't, I have barely gathered that I shouldn't be the person I was before. That that doesn't work in the world. Uh, like. I don't want to be that person. So here's the new person I got to be now. Um, but yeah, I do agree that Bo does a better job of that. And I think we see that a lot in season four, which again, we'll get to it. But that's a big part because I think Bo's trying to make sure that they continue to see each other, not just as Queen Glimmer or just as yes. She-Ra, but as the best friend squad. And that's no. not happening. And it's very exhausting oh, yeah. for him for as sure. well. For sure. Hard to be that person. But all right. Oof. Well, we yeah, let's keep going because we still have like 19 <laughs> minutes left in this episode. We're going to get there. We always do. <laughs> oh, we always do. So we're going to start back. There's 19 minutes and 43 seconds left in the episode. And uh, Adora's getting some alone time with the sword um, to try and kind of figure it out. Um, so yeah, that's where we're going to start. And we'll play again in three, two, one, play. Just her and the sword now. Trying real hard. Just... <laughs> I like that things land on her muscles. <laughs> I don't know why. It's so interesting. It trips, everything falls. Don't worry, her muscles are gonna. Like, I got it. Her. For as like not graceful as she I got is, it. it's a very graceful thing. <laughs> yes, but she sees the horse outside that becomes Swift Wind and is like, "This is my one true yeah. friend out She's, here." <laughs> she seeks <laughs> that one again. source of familiarity. In this moment, like she doesn't have Bo, she doesn't yes. have Glimmer, she clearly doesn't have Catra. Whose fault is that, Adora? Uh, but she's got this horse, horsey right. rather, not even Swiftwin, it's just horsey. Yes, just horsey. Like she's gonna go through all these different ways to say, uh, for the honor at Grace Gold to try. <laughs> To try and become Shira, which feels very reminiscent of the very first Spider-Man that came out in like the early oh. 2000s, 
when he's trying to learn how yeah. to just web out and does a yeah. lot of different hand signs. I, that's gonna be a really dated <laughs> reference if you're like Gen Z. I'm like, sure. what are these? What are these millennials talking about? But yeah, no, she's definitely trying. Um, but, it's glitching. It's kind of happening. Mm-hmm. Magic is bouncing all over the place, and now mm-hmm. Horsey gets zapped by the sword, and some weird stuff happens, and we've got a unicorn Pegasus looking rainbow horse staring at us. Yes, that's with when also got a gleam yep. in his eye. And freaking out. It has to be weird to all of a sudden have, like, wings and stuff. But I can't imagine what his, like, thought process <laughs> changes to. I don't know. He looked pretty bored and just, like, over his life just, before. Yeah, even just, like, self-awareness. Eyes. And I, there's, a, there's like, the theology yeah. part of me that, like, wants to make an equivalent here between, like, Swift Wind becoming Swift Wind and, like, Eve eating the apple. Um, I'll save that Ooh. for Twitter. So. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm sure there's a lot of knowledge and like self awareness that just came with that moment. Yeah. Okay, now Doris been found out being a horde soldier and I freaking love the pose she does when she like slides away. It's such a good pose. I'll put it on our Twitter or something. So like the uh, the Florence Poo plot. Yeah, it's almost like Black Widow. Yeah, Florence doesn't do it. Black Widow does it. Yes. I was thinking that too. Yeah. Uh, so Adora gets kind of kicked out of Bright Moon, out of the village, and we're back with Glimmer, Bo, and Angela, and they're like, yes, we have, like, the surprise for you, and I want to know how often Angela says, I like that boy, and just, like, goes off about Bo, because she seems like that kind of mom. It's like, where's Bo been? He hasn't been around for a couple of days or something like that. And at this point, it has come out that a horde soldier was in the kingdom and the guards have informed Angela. I'm going to pause really quick. And uh, yeah, so Angela at this point has freaked out, looked at Glimmer and Bo, what have you done? Uh, you need to explain yourselves. And now we're coming to the horde. I, we paused for it. So. Yeah, yeah. We did pause for it. I, wanted to, I, I feel like we have to pause when we change like we do, story yeah. arcs. That feels like uh, kind of figure out things before and then move on. But yeah, there's figuring out like, what did you do? Why is there a horde soldier going rampant <laughs> in Bright Moon? Uh, yeah. There, Glimmer and Bo did not look. They, they did. Terrified. They did. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> we messed up and uh, they're going to figure it out, though. It'll come, it'll come around. It'll come around. They are going to figure it out. They will figure it out. So now our next scene, we're back in the Horde, as Court said. And uh, Lonnie is going off about She-Ra, uh, which I find very funny. So we'll get into it. But just the way that she's talking about the experience. And also interesting that she was there. Because you don't get the vibe that they're there. But I mean, it makes sense that they would be. But also that they never saw Adora. It is. Fascinating. Yeah. And in like in the scene where we'll pass that to you, um, all the, like, cadets are, you know, by the lockers. They're talking. Uh, and then Katra is just chilling and sitting by herself, which I think... So I'm not always good at point out, pointing out parallels in this show, but I think is really interesting and in considering when yeah. Adora gets left by herself with Bo and Glimmer. I know Katra's always kind of been on the outside of, like, this squad um, and whatnot, but she's always at least, like, had Adora to kind of, like, bridge that gap. 
Uh, and so I imagine right. in some capacity, because they don't know that they just faced Adora. They just know that they just faced this like eight foot, nine foot tall warrior lady that like shimmers and sparkles. Right. And Katra knows that that eight foot magical warrior lady is Adora. Um, and now is probably sitting, I imagine right. sitting there figuring out like, how do I navigate this? What do I like? What's my role here? How do I like protect Adora, protect myself? Because Katra's always looking out for number one herself. Uh, love that for her. Totally. Um, and like lost like her ally in the horde. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we like see all that play out in the language and body language that Katra has and the front that she still tries to put up. Uh, but we'll we'll get into it as the scene goes on, and we'll probably, if we need to, pause before we go back over to the next scene after that. But yeah, my notes do say at the beginning, scene changes to the fright zone. I said, yay, Katra. <laughs> Katra. All right, let's do it. We have 16 minutes and 27 seconds left in the episode, and we are going to play in three, two, one, play. She wiped the floor with our whole recon squad. 12 feet just tall. like destroyed everything which is a sword <laughs> everyone's like did you actually see her Melanie's like no we're just lucky to have gotten out of there alive and Catherine knows what's up very much like she's all sparkle she's mm-hmm. no substance uh clearly talking about what princesses are but also yeah. knows that it is adora adora yeah gets she didn't freeze up exactly it's like the line is like, what did you freeze up if you didn't even land a hit on her? That's a yes. choice at the beginning. Yes. She you was know? not gonna attack Adora. And sure enough, she's yeah, doesn't have Adora to stand up for her. Um which Alani is gonna call out. And yeah. Let's pause really quick before we get to the Whispering Woods here with Hedora. Because, yeah, like, Lonnie's calling it out. I do have a problem, which is that the other, like, cadets come in and she's like, hey, Adora's not here to protect you. And I'm like, mm, Katra could definitely take everyone in this room by herself. Absolutely. Right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> People, I don't think, give Katra enough credit for how, like, how much self-control she really actually has. Uh and like oh totally i mean like it's it's self-preservation too right like what like what good would it do her to wipe the floor with all of those cadets like it's not i think she knows too it's like not worth her time but if she wanted to she absolutely could oh totally could absolutely could absolutely it's not it's not worth it in that moment she's not planning to defect or anything really i don't like it might be a thought in her head but like her it's not it's not worth the trouble that it would cause currently she's already having to try to like refigure out what this is now that adora is gone even though like we're gonna see her try to get adora back and all those kind of stuff like right now it's okay i'm on my own here now and she's always been capable to do it by herself that's just not what it's just no. not the way it was structured for her not at all to be in i do like when lonnie's like we're lucky to get out of there alive that's when katra because you can tell she's kind of off to the side and just trying to keep to herself and she does look like a little sad katra does but when that comes out <laughs> i feel like she's like hold on adora's not gonna be the one to like no. get the upper hand on us no and, and nor was adora gonna 
kill anybody in that moment either. No. I mean, she did obliterate some tanks. So if there were still horde people in there, good point. They're dead. Good point. I stand corrected. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there because everybody wants to talk about what the horde people do and a lot of stuff happens to tanks and tanks have to be driven for the most part. I mean, I'm, she was I'm in her like avatar state. That was a little bit of like Yoshi's. <laughs> <No. laughs> Wrong phantom. <laughs> yeah. Just, we're just, I'm just throwing it out there. You know. It's the crossover. That's what it is. All right. Let's get back into this episode. Uh, in the Whispering Woods here. 15 minutes, 32 seconds left. And play. I don't know why, but when Adora doesn't have her stupid red jacket on, she looks like 10 times percent, like, more She does, fast. yeah. It's very, like, it's a lot more, like, <laughs> uniformed. Like, I'm I'm in to do the thing than, like, I'm in yeah. my jacket. I'm just, like, casually chilling. Mm-hmm. But. Totally. And the sword just kind of glowed for a little bit, and she doesn't know what's going on. Like, like... This is the thing that's supposed to bring her her acceptance, and it's not working. It's nothing's working. Which for her. I have a theory about, but we're gonna get there when we get there. And Ooh. I don't know if I brought it up uh, in cool. our like debrief, so you that's not bad. I'll catch it when we get there. Cool. Uh, Dora is meeting Raz for the first time, and Raz, this is the first time we hear of Mara. Um, and she's Raz is very excited that Adora uh, could be Mara, and Adora is notably very. Confused. But she also does not question <laughs> like Raz is straight up like, "Oh, Mar- Mara, like you're here, like Mara dearie, it's so great to see you." And Adora is like, "Oh, so you were waiting for me?" Like doesn't even question the fact that like she doesn't have her name right. It's not just a mix of you know Adora right. and Mara and name swap. Totally. And she did just like Raz was like, actually, like, this isn't the right time. She does seem so genuinely happy and she's putting so many much random stuff into her baskets, like a horde helmet went into her basket so they can go berry picking. <laughs> uh, Raz is a, Raz is a, she's a, a time. time. I love, love her so much. And Adora yeah. is recognizing that something's maybe a little off with Raz. Um, you know, you've been out here by yourself yeah. a long time. Raz is very like, no, I'm not. Like, I've got my friends, I've got my pals, but yeah, I got my broom. You just can't always see them. You can't always see my friends. Yeah. Yeah. So we got another first one ruin that we're experiencing, which I don't think we come back to. I don't think it's destroyed and yeah. don't come back to it. It's always got me that Raz is just scaling fearless. this thing. Like, She's totally fearless. She does like the most, again, chaotic, like careless things. Mm-hmm. And Adora's like, last mm-hmm. temple I was in just crumbled beneath me. Like, that's not safe. This can't be safe. Raz <laughs> gets electrocuted. Yeah. Adora, like, yeah. Also, yeah, we're just spider monkey life. hops and catches her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> the other crossover we didn't know would be <laughs> seeing stars for the first time and Adora's gonna have some flashbacks of her uh, life as a baby which go off cause I don't have a lot of memories 
of being you're, an I don't think you're supposed to. <laughs> um, so these visions are like, that's, that's some next level stuff. But clearly Adora recognizes stars stuff, and has seen this before, but something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. She's just eating so her berries. <laughs> like, you go through that flashback. And my, I'll be here. my favorite thing about this, too, is that Adora is like, Look, I know you brought me here for a reason. And that, that is like, I'm going to pause right quick so we don't miss like too many things. I feel okay. like that is like the thing about Raz. Um, you know, like she doesn't show up super often, but when she does, it's always for important stuff, like in like the shows. Like she's not just like casually hanging out in the background or like part of the rebellion. Totally. It's like Adora has to find something or gain more information about who she is or the sword or like the heart of a theory or whatever. And Raz just shows up like as intended. But I don't know if Raz ever like intends it for herself. Like I feel like she's very like go with the flow and as it's almost it feels like she's like a part of the Whispering Woods. So I know in sort of part one, uh, we were talking, you mentioned like the Whispering Woods like reveals like the sword to Adora. And I feel like there has to be some connection between the Whispering Woods and Raz as well, because it seems like it reveals Raz to Adora whenever she needs or wants it or like seeks it out. But like, I don't know if Raz like consciously is like ever totally like, yeah, I'm going to like tell Adora who she is and show her what's up. I think she is very kind of like, I'm supposed to know you, like you're important. Maybe I'm supposed to give you this information, but like she never directly does. Right. Like she's very much like, no, we're going to go berry picking and they go berry picking. And this is like the information that comes or like, we're going to make a pie. And they make a pie and, like, this is the information that comes. So, I don't, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on, like, is, like, does Raz know what she's doing or is? I feel like she's so stuck in time because I think what we get is that she's already lived through this, right? Because when we get, when we get in some of the later Raz episodes, there's a lot, especially when we go back in time to where Mara, the original She-Ra um, that they had, I guess maybe not original, but the other She-Ra that we know about, like she often calls Mara Adora. So does that start happening once she meets Adora? And then when she's like looping back in time, I don't know. I don't know how the world works for Raz. I, but she's very often split in time. And that for sure happens a lot in the hero episode in season four, where she can't quite figure out what time she's in um, I don't know if Raz exists outside of time because we're not seeing her beyond linear things that are happening to Mara and happening sure. to Adora, which also makes me have a lot of questions about does everything fall in line for Adora and Mara for the most part? I just I have so many questions about <laughs> about the way that works for them. And like yeah so much so much of this like comes full circle around to the hero episode and when like Mara like full on addresses Adora and the portal stuff happens at the end of season three there's a time where Adora and Mara lock eyes yeah portal nonsense um like there's just (laughs) I have no clue (laughs) but when I start thinking about it it makes my head hurt because I'm like okay if I start connecting these lines but i just feel like that's like having like you know on crime scenes from the crime shows where they have like their murder board or whatever riverdale <laughs> they do yeah. always have those uh, <laughs> you know connecting all the lines another thing that happens in teen wolf it's everywhere yeah yeah anyways 
get off on a tangent of other TV shows. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I think that like prevents her from being ever like too direct. And I don't know also how direct she would even want to be with light hope lingering around. Um, True. Uh, so, I mean, what do you, what do you do? And, and Raz is more like the person for the true Shira that's just connected to Etheria and not the one that is being manipulated by the first one. True. Well, and yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And Raz, like, Raz is connected to the magic on the planet, too. Um, yes. Ugh, yeah, I feel like I had more to say about that, but it totally left me. Um, but that's a really great point. because And, like, and she recognizes, like, where that magic comes from. And she's, like, she tells Adora later on. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. But, like, yeah, it's, like, it's magic. Like, that's, like, that's within you. That's, like, it's not, like, the sword or whatever. Um, it's here. It's the planet. It's right. in everything. Um, I don't know. Raz rubs me as a very, like, greater being university figure that you go to for answers and that she doesn't give it to you directly. So. <laughs> and who might have, like, been yes. through one too many portals. Yeah. Right. So, with that, we'll keep going. Um <laughs> Yeah, we're about to head into um, uh, some Catra and Shadow Weaver, and there is a part in my notes that just says I'm gonna fucking rage after. I <laughs> can't wait for it. Something. I can't wait for it. Uh, uh, cool. Yeah, I'm thrilled for this sad scene that we're about to get into. Great. But uh, Raz is gonna take Adora back around with the berries and stuff. So, do you want to? Yeah, since you I can start kick us first? back off. We got 11 minutes and 51 seconds left in this episode. We're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. All right. So Catra's coming in, um, laying on Adora's bed and looking at their young little drawing they did on the side of the sketch bunk. looks familiar. And just, <laughs> that looks familiar. Scratches out Adora's face and is now tearing up their bed and sobbing. Just sobbing. As you would do if you were just like this mad and frustrated and I don't know dealing with it's like a big moment of grief I don't think we counted it as that but it's alone her best friend has left her like she is going through it Mm -hmm. and shadow was here now and I gotta pause I promise I'll I'll try to get through this scene as fast as possible but like shadow comes in obviously who knows how long she was just creeping or whatever well, Catra's going through her, like, moment here. And really, like, the only moment she really gets to have feelings about what just happened and not having a door anymore and feeling abandoned, which is warranted. And that is, like, grief in its own sense, which is something that I feel like a door would also be going through if she was given the uh, yes. time to yeah. experience So, it. like, Catra clearly has an opportunity. I don't think Shadow Weaver was lurking uh, for it. I think Shadow Weaver was on a mission, like, coming down the hall, like, I am, like, mm. she didn't have time to, like, watch yeah. her go through that. Um, but, yeah, but she, <laughs> like, true. Catra had the moment to process some of her feelings and adore it not. So I think that is interesting that Catra gets that, because I don't think we see yeah. that for her later on. Because then she lacks, like, a lot of that support. Yeah, this is just like the the moment that she gets. I think she gets to just kind of have her feelings um, and probably like you feel a little better once you get some of that out 
but then immediately like Shadow Weaver's there and then I just cannot stand that when Shadow Weaver's talking to her and talking about whatever like failure she had about not getting Adora back that she's <sighs> touching her face that way. She like just like grazes her her like side of her jaw and then pulls up her chin. I just I just want to punch Shadow Weaver in the face so bad. That's just like a special kind of manipulation. It is. Very like yeah yes it's it's so gentle it was so gentle it wasn't like it was hard it was so gentle like it's a way you would comfort somebody that you cared about you know if you had that relationship and that's even worse like they don't even have that relationship it's not something that like I can't imagine Shadow Weaver ever using that form of touch on Katra as even like an affectionate, nurturing way. Like, there's no way that has ever been anything right. other than like, I'm gonna tilt your chin up so you can look me in the eye, cadet. Like, right. And she did it to Adora, I think, in when she makes Adora Force Captain. She does it to Micah later on. Like, it's her thing to do when she's trying to manipulate someone. She, <laughs> which, like, that's like manipulating the person I want to bring into power with me or to use their power. For Katra, it's just like, I know you want this kind of affection, and I'm only going to give it to you when I'm talking yep. down to uh-huh. you or going to use you. Uh, I hate it. I hate, I hate it. We were so right. much. All right, let's keep going. Katra uh, is going to respond to that. Um, what she's saying, I did what you told me to do. 11 minutes, one second left, and play. Didn't warn us there'd be princesses there. Shadow Weaver's using her size to uh, threaten Catra right now. About Adora being gone still. Catra throws it. Yeah. If Adora come home, she's gone. She's defected. She doesn't want to be here. And I think that that's fair. Um, I can't blame her. And yes. sh- you, Shadow Weaver, should be respecting yeah. me, Katra. I'm the I'm choosing to stay. I could have left. Yeah. And Katra is getting threatened with seeing Lord Hordak now. And uh let's pause again. Um after that scene. Or pause at ten minutes, seventeen seconds left, but that scene ends with um definitely Katra looking way more scared about having to deal with Hordak and um just the threat. I mean, she's just getting enveloped by darkness, which is, if not the best imagery for what Catherine's yes, going absolutely. through. absolutely. Again, like, her best friend is gone. Like, Adora, like, she's defected. Catherine is alone. She does not have Adora mm-hmm. anymore. And Shadow Weaver is here, manipulating the shit out of her, talking down to her. And she's going to go see Fordak. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this very, like, I agree that imagery is very well done um, as far as portraying like she's experiencing this in so many more ways than just shadow weaver being shadow weaver totally yeah and like i feel like i think you might have mentioned this and i might have missed it but interesting that she was like hey adora's gone she'd affected and i'm starting to think she had the right idea that feels so interesting for her to say and maybe it's a loose threat but i feel like that has to be a thought in her mind right like I mean, what really is left for me here? The person that I want is gone, but I don't think it's until the end of this episode that she starts to see, oh, I have an opportunity for me. And like, I don't know. I I know it's not the best, but I love that for her because it's finally, she finally has some agency, uh, which she's been lacking. 
But this was like her putting her agency out there. Like, you should show a little yeah. respect to me because I'm still here. And Adora left. She defected. She's gone. She's I'm all you have back. Left. And I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, Shadow Weaver's like lies. And it's like, you have yeah. to know. <laughs> Without everyone else. Like, you have to know. You can see in like your little future, like present scene thing where Adora is. You have to know this is what she chose. You could have watched that whole battle yourself and seen what Adora is up to. But like just choosing to yeah. reprimand Catra yeah. for it. I don't know. Yeah, I think she's her, definitely trying to use uh, Catra as the scapegoat, uh, which we're going to see later on toward the end of this episode mm-hmm. as well once we get there. All right, let's get back into the episode. 10 minutes, 17 seconds left, and uh, we got Adora and Raz back in the Whispering Woods and play. Raz she is a is. track star that Adora cannot keep up I don't with. have my glasses. <laughs> You'll have to speak up. Like, that is the most Raz food. <laughs> I mean, it's like when you're in traffic and you're like, hold on, I got to focus. I don't know where I'm at. I got to turn the music down. <laughs> That's not going to help your direction skills. And of course, Adora is out feeling alone again. She doesn't know where to go, doesn't know what to do, doesn't know who she mm-hmm. is. Uh, yeah. So this whole experience, right. I think, is just um, elevating yeah. all that she was feeling before. But then she's going to get reminded. Right. Um, yeah, she's... I think the thing about... Um, go, we're going to have to pause. This is a lot. We're going to have to pause. Because um, I like Ross's line that she just said. But... Um, when Adora's going through, like, hey, I left my whole life behind, like, everything that you were saying, what also is, like, she's meant to be a soldier. And now she, like, is trying to be a soldier over here, but she needs to have, she needs to have she That's how she's going to get, get accepted. She's just, like, without a commander. She, like, she doesn't have anybody to yeah. tell her what to do anymore. She is the commander. She is the master of her own ship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Captain of her own ship. Whatever that anyway (laughs) yeah totally i like uh yeah like this is her first time she gets to have a choice about who who and what she's gonna be um which i think is what like this scene is about like her like choosing choosing this path for for sure um because she's still kind of like lost in the other stuff i just think the problem is that that other stuff doesn't go away and she immediately steps back into the role of being a soldier and being told what to do yes she does yeah so she definitely like has not had the time to mm-hmm. deconstruct or unlearn everything that she's been taught. Um, I mean, it's because she knows like this isn't right, this isn't fair. But like, of course, she's gonna fall back into those old patterns. So, so we're gonna get into like this part where she transforms into Shira. And since we're paused, I'll just bring it up now. So this is my theory with the sword and like how she like transforms into Shira. Uh, okay. Obviously, like, the very first time in, like, End of Sword Part 1, when that happens, um, she's in danger. It's, like, a threat. She kind of, like, has this moment, okay, like, okay, like, for the honor of Grayskull, like, I'm going to go for it. It seems to me, and I really noticed it in this episode, especially when she was struggling to become She-Ra, and even in Sword Part 2 until she decides to do it, to me, her, like, best success of ever becoming She-Ra is when she, like, inherently, like, look, like looks inside herself and realizes this is, like, who I am and what I am fighting for, and I, like, deeply believe in it. 
So when she's trying to become Shia yeah. in like Lima's room, like of course she's like, it's not gonna happen. Like she doesn't have the purpose behind it. Like all she understands is that she is supposed to be Shira to to what? To be accepted into the rebellion. Like that's not a great motivation um for her. But at this, it's a matter of like that like the horde can't do this. Like they can't keep doing these like terrible, awful things. And I wholeheartedly believe like that there is a better world for this. And so for that, like I'm going to trust in my ability to become this thing, um, this other person sort of, and become Shira. And so I think that she starts to believe in this moment, like herself and some of her worth, not just purpose, but like her worth and value as like a person. But we just don't see that throughout the rest of the show until we get to like season five, when she has to like wrestle again with how to be Shira without the sword. I think you I think it totally like is about her acceptance of the mission and the purpose of being Shira that allows her to be Shira. That's like Yes, and there. I think it runs deeper than like Shira. Like I think it's her like I think it's her okay. accepting and believing and trusting that like she is on the right like not the right path in the sense that like she's choosing to like be Shira and like own that, but that she is like she is choosing the thing that makes the most sense for, like, who she... Like, she's choosing her. Like, she's choosing what she believes in and putting, like, her values first and, like, trusting trusting herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like... Ah. Yeah. So she believes oh, like that, that, like, yeah. she knows what she is doing and, like, has confidence in it. And that she can pursue this. And it will be Okay. Because I think that that continues to, like, be kind of that, like, underlying theme when she loses She-Ra later on, too. And it runs, like, you know, deeper into, like, friendship and love and all that classic stuff. But she chooses this for herself in this moment, and that is when she gets to transform. Yeah, I like that. I don't know what else to say other than that was really good. I have to sit with that a little bit. I I agree, and I I like the agency that gives Adora, too over her herself and who she's choosing to be so back in the episode i don't know that we talked much but like they've reached an area where the horde has obviously taken over and ruined some of i don't know if it's still like outskirts of the whispering woods or in the whispering woods but it's definitely just like a wasteland right now um and raz just said like it's the same old story wicked people destroy what they can't control and that is so much of the horde and especially a lot of what uh uh, Horde Prime is about in season five. Just we got to show what they can't control, um, and yep. if I can't control it, then it's bad. So that's a lot of what's going on, and and Adora is pretty uh, upset about it, um, as she should be, because it's like you just destroyed this land, and for what? So yeah, so we'll jump back in, and nine minutes, twenty one seconds left, and play. Yeah, I was just going to say that Raz notes that, like, hey, the princess is used to protect this place, but now they're not. Um, they just protect what is their own. And so I feel like nobody is over the Whispering Woods. Um, so, like, they can keep edging in on the Whispering Woods. Oh, my goodness. We just missed so much. I'm looking <laughs> at the script. <laughs> like, everything right. we just missed. I'm going to pause. Eight minutes and 48 seconds left. There's so much because, like, Raz brings up, like, you're so much like Mara, brave, loyal, but afraid. And Dora says, I'm not afraid. Um, 
And then Raz just said, like, you ran into the woods and asked the first old lady where you could find what you should do. That's, that's, I mean, it is brave. It is loyal. But what your cause is. Not smart. And not not trusting that she might actually know what the right thing to do is. Like, she's not believing in herself. Right. She's really struggling to figure out what's the thing that she needs to do. Yeah. And I feel like the horde probably put into Adora's mind if you're afraid, you're weak. And so I think that's what she sees. Like, I'm not afraid. Like, I'll I'll go beat up anybody. And it's like, that's not it. Like, you are scared. You're scared of what is ahead of you because you left behind so much. Like, you just said that. You didn't say you were afraid. You said you were confused. But that's still scary. And that's okay. Like, it's it's going to be okay. Um, Yeah. And Raz here is going to tell her, like, hey, like, no one is gonna make this easy for you um and the biggest line i think of everything you just said is stop waiting for someone to tell you what the right thing yeah. is to do so yeah. i just wanted to make sure it we is. got all back it's so good <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> and it's such a big thing and so good for adora all right so eight minutes 48 seconds left and play it's, it's got motivational music behind raz like you're smart. What do you Dora think? Dora says, like, I think this is wrong. I don't think that this is what we should mm-hmm. be doing. And sure enough, uh, they come across Horsey, who we'll find is not Horsey, trying yep. to be captured by the Horde. Um, and Adora is going to decide, like, nope, I'm not on board with this. I am going to trust my gut, trust yep. my instinct know that this is not the right thing to do and in that way this is what's gonna make me become she-ra mm-hmm. i'm gonna believe in my mission for the honor mm-hmm. of gray school whispers it nope. doesn't have to yell it right <laughs> she does yeah. a lot of the time <laughs> just whispers it. and it's so resolute she's resolute to become this is who she's going to become this is her choice transformation sequence is over and now she's here to save horsey and fight all the horde and they're like ah that's the princess glowy glowy magic (laughs) my favorite thing about this entire fighting scene is that adora is going to wipe out all these soldiers and then at some point it's not going to go so well for her and who is going to save her other than raz who you would not expect to be the person uh to save everybody in that moment. But again, Raz always just makes an appearance and shows up when everybody needs her most. And pretty soon right. she's going to need her. Okay, also Raz is going to come out here, do some some flips, <laughs> and chuck the sword. In which I say, what are the sword mechanics? How heavy is that sword for Raz to be chucking it across? Raz can do anything she wants. She is secretly the most buff <laughs> and OP character in the show. I guess, you know what, you're probably correct. And Horsey came in and saved the day. And this guy comes in and blasts Adora. And she's down for the count now. But Horse has got that guy as well. But now the Horde's coming in and Raz's just like, give, you know what, it's cool. Give him the old razzle-dazzle. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, poof out. See you later. And finally, Adora wakes up. Uh, they're back at Raz's place, house thing. Raz tells Adora this is Swiftwind. 
Which I'm sure at this point, Adora's like, okay, yeah. like, Graz, like, whatever you say. I get it. Horsey yeah. was not a great name, but Swiftwind is whatever. Uh, definitely right. probably does not think that Raz has it all together in this. <laughs> no. But Adora did just say, like, I think I'll be able to, I know what I need to do. And Rath is like, okay, you'll be able to find me when you need me, but you go do what you got to do. The way he's staring at her while she's asking to go to Bright Moon. Can I get a ride? Maybe. And I love how at this point, like Adora does not know that Swiftwind can talk yet either. Yeah. I don't know why he's chosen not to. Maybe they shouldn't have a voice actor yet. So we're back in Bright Moon and Jella is... Taryn and you wanted to Glimmer, you know, what, like, why would you think that this is a good idea? Like, you brought a whole horde soldier here, and Glimmer is like, you are not listening. She's pulling that mom thing, where, like, she's telling the friend it's time for you to go home. But who shall walk in other than She-Ra herself? They're the Bright Moon's first look at She-Ra um, coming in. And Glimmer's like, this, this is what I was trying to tell you. This is who we she's have. <laughs> sure enough, she pledges herself to the rebellion but then shows herself like her authentic her authentic self um this is who i am this is where i came from right and glimmer oddly enough like defends that like this is adora like which i think is interesting Mm -hmm. and she's like i'm ready to fight for the rebellion i'm willing to be this soldier i'm willing to be she-ra for the rebellion angela looks a little like she's thinking about it takes the sword and knows the legend about She-Ra. She's going to come back at the greatest hour of need. Thought all she was was a myth, but she's a horde soldier, which I imagine for Angela has got to be so hard to confront um, knowing everything with Micah and losing him. Um, So yeah, here's this great powerful warrior princess but, like, she's a horde soldier, and how am I supposed to trust? And, like, who's, like, also her daughter's age, right? Like, she's not old. She's not, like, a yeah. full-grown adult. She's, like, a teenager. But. Yeah, totally. bright moon. Yes. And let's pause really quick. Any last thoughts before we get to this last part of the episode? Um, that scene. I think you. Yeah, all so, the I, like, Angela's definitely start, like probably having a hard time accepting that also recognizing like okay like maybe there's potential here um my daughter trusts you Bo trusts you and like i think probably sees too like this is a child like she, i think she sees adora for who she kind of is in that moment like she's a child soldier like she was brought up in the totally. board she did not have control over how she was raised in hmm. in that in this world um think Do that think adora so? I think Angelica I think all, that, so. all that far? I do. I don't think, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I do think that, like, yeah. Because I'm, like, she's, like, she's a teenager. Like, what else are you going to think? Like, this teen, like, this kid comes in and you're, like, you're horde soldier. Like, I'm not, like, and, and at whose fault? Yeah. Like, whose fault is it that Adora is a horde soldier? And I imagine there might be some guilt there, too, of, like, uh, you know, the rebellion hasn't done much. Like, in the past few, like, since losing Micah. Like, they haven't fought. But that doesn't change Angela's actions after this. She is, absolutely. She's pretty hesitant. I don't think it would, but... 
and they're still like not better to the that other is children's that soldiers. That is true. Dang it. Well, <laughs> it was go. It was good theory while it lasted. But I don't know. I do. I do think to some extent she sees something, but also like chooses yeah. to trust her for whatever reason. I don't really know, but I do think some of that might be like Adora didn't have a whole lot of choice in in being a part of the horde. Yeah, I think maybe she probably gets there. I I feel like my hesitancy in agreeing is that she, you know she accepts the allegiance of Shira. She does not accept the sure. allegiance of Adora. Mm, okay, okay. You know, like, and she like her her everything is pointed towards Shira, which I know, like, for us, Shira and Adora, same person, same stuff going on, uh, like. That's just like her magical power. Like Glimmer can teleport and do magic. Adora turns into Shira. Like same person. Like there's not really a lot of like thinking difference going on in that moment. I don't think when she turns, she's not suddenly somebody else. But that's how she's treated. And like they're not cheering. Like everyone's cheering for Shira. They're not cheering for Adora. I mean, I think she loves the cheers because who wouldn't? Um and like that's what she's trained on. She's trained on that praise of doing well and stuff. So that's it's gonna true. work for her. But like everything's about who she can become um, in her magical state rather okay. than just who she is. And I think like Glimmer's like welcome to Bright Moon for real this time. Like Bosa's for real this time. I think that's true for them. It's like they're excited to have Adora. But a big part of that excitement is yeah, that yeah, she that's a really good point. I will, yeah. That's a good point. Totally, yeah. Tell us what yeah. you think about Angela. Let us know. Let us know. You might have a whole different perspective that we don't have. If we keep, if we keep all this. Some of it might get cut. We'll see what happens. Whoever <laughs> edits this episode. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. banter. Okay. Now let's really get to the end of this episode, which is... Uh, Katra's, uh, whatever, I don't know. It wasn't a coronation that Adora just went through, but like her acceptance into her role in the rebellion. This is Katra's acceptance into her role in the horde um, that we're coming up on. And she is freaking out, getting dragged by Shadow Weaver into Lord Hordak's yep. sanctum, I believe is what they call it, his sanctum. So, um, yep. And you're going to first look at Imp. I do not like Imp. As well. <laughs> but yeah, Shadow Weaver's just dragging catcher through here so we have two minutes 54 seconds left and we let us play i think this is probably the first time catcher's ever seen the sanctum yeah yeah that's what i was thinking i was like this has to be like a myth like you just don't want to end up yeah. in lord Hordak's sanctum it's the you, last place you want to end up and he's yeah. getting all put together right now by his machines so she is she freaked I, getting put in front Hordak, I do like, think she was going to no. try to turn and run away and Shadow Weaver like threw her down and said like, nope, you are stuck here. Ooh, yeah. Um, Shadow Weaver confesses that more or less they're down a horse captain. Yeah, and it's all Catra's faults and Hordak's I, just like just elect another force captain and keep doing the stuff. Yeah. I don't care about Adora. Which says a lot that Hordak does not care about anybody, which we're going to see here. He does not even give it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's replaceable. replaceable. Everybody's disposable. And he does not even give a shit about Shadow mm -hmm. Weaver. Yeah. 
Aya says, like, if Catra isn't yeah. good enough, that's on you. She is your award. <laughs> it's your responsibility. She sucks. That's on you. Yeah. You suck. And he offers her the Force Captain badge, and she takes it into her hand. And we get our little smirk here, and this is when she, like, it's her moment. This is her time yes. to become something. So maybe before she was like, maybe I might leave. But now she's been offered an ability to be she something. Has. And it in the is horde. what I would argue is the first time in Catra's time at the Horde where she is recognized and seen for her potential worth. I think Catra is worth more than being a force captain in the Horde. But I think because that's something that she's been working toward, that was her plan with Adora. Uh, she didn't get it. Adora did. But yep. even Hordak, who has, like, not seen her do shit, is like, I don't care. Like, you're down to Force Captain. She's a Force Captain. And it is her time to shine. Yeah. This is just, like, this is her time. And it's like, like, like you said, it's what she knows. So why would I go off and do the thing that I don't know anything about? She wouldn't. And and it's a thing that I've been told is bad my whole life, even though I know what I'm in is bad. But this is a bad I know. This it's is here. an evil I it's know. It's in front of me. I don't have, like. She doesn't have to figure. Like she doesn't have to figure out anything else. Like she's got everything she needs, minus Adora. No, she. But she's disarmed to prove that she doesn't need Adora. Yeah. She doesn't. And well, she doesn't. Like this is her chance to have autonomy and be the person that she's always wanted to prove that she could be. But there was no point in trying because it didn't matter. To Shadow Weaver, what Catra did. It was never going to be worth anything. But this is her time to kind of shine because not only is like, like, I think there's a thought that like Hordak has some look into Force Captains a little bit, even though Shadow Weaver is really the one running a lot of the stuff. But like this thought that ah, Hordak has seen me, Hordak knows who I am. Like, Shadow F Shadow Weaver. Weaver. Forever and always, F Shadow Weaver. And this is like, um, well, actually, first, any last nope. thoughts on that scene? I got nothing. Perfect. So, any final? I have some final thoughts on the episode. Um, what about you? I I think we covered it. Um, on my end, um, yeah, I got nothing. So I want to hear yours. Yeah, I was like, I think one of the big things was like, this is showing like how separate Catronador's journeys are going to be. And I don't think we, like, know just yet how intertwined they were with one another, just, like, emotionally. I mean, they're pretty codependent. I mean, even in Adora's sense, which is, I am the person that saves Catra. Like, she is just, like, I have to make sure she's okay and all this stuff. Like, that's the role that kind of Shadow ever put her in. Like, hey, like, keep her in line. Or I'll, I'll kill her, pretty much. And so I think Adora bears the brunt of that. And Catcher bears the brunt of that as, like, this stuff shouldn't be happening to me anyways. Kind of a deal. Um, but, like, this is such a needed split. It sucks because it's amplified by a war and all that kind of stuff. But this is, like, a way for Catcher to get her own autonomy. If she goes with Adora, she's not going to have that. It would still be trying to break out of like being anything and there's probably a, a lot less trust for Katra who's just yeah. going because that's where Adora went like I don't see the rebellion being as open and like cool like Bo probably would be with Katra but like 
we already see how much like later on Glimmer and Catra butt heads. I can only believe that'd be amplified if her intentions of leaving weren't really about like let me go fight for the rebellion, yeah. but I'm just gonna go where it is. Yeah, because at that point she's just looking to like um, get out of the horde, which is totally valid, but she'd still I think carry with her right in comparison to like season five um when she is with the rebellion yeah she's still gonna carry with her all of those defense mechanisms and all of her like i don't want to call it coldness but like it, it's just like her yeah her defenses like she's not gonna warm up to everybody she's still gonna be yeah katra who's kind of like on the edges and very like closed off to everyone around her and the rebellion would not respond well to that yeah yeah it's a real lack of trust understandably um so, and she doesn't really have a lot of, like, reason to trust the Rebellion or really anybody outside of Adora. And now I'm sure she has a lot of lack of trust in Adora. Um, but also, like, so that's, like, this gives Catra her own autonomy and, of course, like, doesn't, like, excuse her actions and things, like, everything that, like, goes on from here. Uh, but also, I don't think all the actions that Adora makes are, like, 100%, you know, like, good all the time. Um, and so... But I think as for their relationship, and we're just focused on their relationship, like, it's just needed on Adora's end, too, to know that, like, Katra is something beyond Adora. And, like, I think a part of her knows that. Like, you have to know that a little bit. But there's just, like, that part of her that needs to be the one that saves her. And Katra can save herself. And I think that's a little bit of the qualm that we get in pro- in the Promise episode. Um and that when Catra does like, like come out like almost on top, like Adora is just like, eh, like, yeah, you wish you could beat me That's kind true. of a deal. So, which is like fine. If like they didn't have the outer circumstances around them, it would be fine. Like you can joke like that with a friend, but they have some outer circumstances that make that yes, not so great. Do. So, that was like my final thoughts. Just wanted to bring it back to like, that through line which is their relationship and just it sucks but it's a much needed split they had to find their own they way did. outside yeah. of each and other. yeah which will be in the end the journey that eventually brings them back together totally so much in this Raz episode there was a lot more than Likewise, I, had I anticipated yeah. I was pleasantly surprised there is it's excited to dig into it same same so, uh, who stole the show for you, Court? Well, obviously, Raz. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> and I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, Raz, for sure. She just swoops in. And she is like, look, Mara, whoever the heck you are, Adora, you're here. Great, let's get down to business. I don't have time for your, right. like, blubbering nonsense. I'm going to help you figure out what you need to figure out. In the meantime, we're going to pick berries. I'm going to give them the old Raz Dazzle fan out of here i don't even know who the heck you are so raz stole the show for me um which is maybe a cop out because it is her show or her episode but uh no i think that's great yeah she took it she took it yeah she's incredible in this one i think for me uh probably still adora and i think that was just because i like leaned so hard into her journey that she's on and like the autonomy that she gets for herself and the decision she gets to make um, but also just like <laughs> feeling so bad that she's going through so much alone. Um, and like something that I think happens often in the best friend squad, which I think is just like when you have groups of three 
Like, they mm-hmm. do a pretty good job of being a friend group of three, but, like, in season four, we see a lot more Boadora, and I think a lot of times it is very glimmer bow. They do a good job of bringing Adora into everything a lot of the time, but I think some of that, like, that definitely happened today um, or in this episode, and, like, happens every now and then where it's just, like, Adora's kind of, like, there's Adora, and then there's Bo and Glimmer. I don't know. Yeah. I just felt sad that she was so alone yeah. and going through all this stuff. Same way I felt she sad was. that Catra was alone and going through all that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. And what I think... I'm with you. And what I think is interesting in that is, like, at the end, like, when they all embrace, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like... She gets, like, really, like, teared up about it and feels, like, I wonder for her, too, kind of feels like that moment where she's like, okay, like, maybe I belong here. Maybe yeah, I'm maybe not... not alone in this moment exactly like i'm gonna be okay like i'm gonna be okay i've made my decision so i'm gonna be okay with what decision i've made but also like i'm not alone um i'm being welcome into this um so yeah i love that for adora and uh yeah yeah i don't know why i'm getting sad over here This is deep, deep in the feels, deep in the Adora deep feels, the which feels. is, that's okay. This show yeah. will make you sad. will make you happy, <laughs> but it'll make you cry. So. Yeah, that's so true. Um, <sighs> favorite scene. I love when Raz just like smacks everybody with a broom. <laughs> yeah. That fight. That's a good scene. Yeah. So that, that whole moment when Adora is with conviction for the honor of grade school. I am choosing this for myself in this moment um, and that whole fight scene, but especially when Raz pops in. Like I said, she's just the highlight of the entire episode for me. Totally. Totally. Yeah. What's uh, What's your favorite scene? Oh my gosh, I gotta think of a favorite scene. I don't know. Um, of course, like, I feel like all the scenes that I feel like are funny stick out to me because I think my brain goes, <laughs> delves so deep into some of the sad stuff that favorite scenes become stuff that I found funny. So a lot of the stuff with Swiftwind where he's just like deadpanning when Adora's first out there trying to get the sword to work and he just looks so unamused. <laughs> just so bored. Like, I don't know who you're trying to impress, dude, but it's not me. I'll tell you what. And at the horse. end when he's just like looking at her when she's like, can you give me a ride? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. So, Maybe. um, yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, swift wind scenes were fun. Um, uh, yeah, I think those are some of my favorite scenes, other than, like, the big scenes that we've already talked about. Um, so, yeah, I super forgot to make a song of the episode. I'll have to, like, put it out. Did so, you one? no, I, <laughs> this entire, like, last last moment, been trying to, like, rack my brain for one. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I don't, I don't have one. Let me just throw out, like, uh, this is me, Demi Lovato from Camp Rock. <laughs> I, uh, the only <laughs> this is me that wants to play in my head is the one from The Greatest Showman, so oh. I'm getting a very different. Now I found who I am. There's no way to hold it in. No more holding back who I'm going to be. This is me. That's a perfect Adora song. Why? It's going on the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> And next next time, uh, we'll be listening to the entire Camp Rock uh, soundtrack. <laughs> so, 
Anyways, yeah, song of the episode. This is me, okay. uh, Demi Lovato from Camp Rock. Um, yeah. I love it. Um, anything else from this episode? I think that's it. I feel I feel all talked out about this episode. Anyways, cool. So yeah, next time we we'll back with um I think it's Flowers for Shira, I think is what the episode is called. But anyways. Yeah. We're going to Plumeria next we're going time. To Plumeria. Sweet. Well, as always, friends, remember to like, rate, and subscribe. Um and also leave us a review, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. It really totally. helps us out. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok, but you can interact with us more on Twitter at the Moon Chronicles on both Twitter and TikTok. And we genuinely want to hear from you. Give us your thought. Give us your theories. Uh, challenge us. Push us. Tell us if you disagree. We want to know. Um, totally want to know. Yeah. And if you if you have feedback on like things we can do better, let us know. But also like leave us a review with five stars and we'll take it seriously. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm gonna plug that every time. Every time. I know you will. <laughs> so cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Yeah. I'm Court. I'm Spence. And this is Bright Moon Chronicles. Welcome to Bright Moon Chronicles.